and watchers on YouTube. I'm Patty Stulen with Pathways with Patty, and I want to welcome you once again to another episode of Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. And as always, the guests that I continue to have continue to be excellent guests by sharing their stories about their challenges and roadblocks along the way that a lot of people might find that they just stop on that path and they don't pursue it any longer. But the guests on my show are all people that when they've gotten to those challenges or those detours or roadblocks, they are determined because of their passion and purpose for what they believe in for their life, they continue moving forward. And today's guest is no exception to that rule. Uh, it is someone that I know God directed me deliberately to meet when I was visiting Waco and uh, I happen to go to Baylor University because when I'm traveling the United States, uh, you know, if I'm near a university, I like to go to that university to check it out and say that I've been on the campus. And I also have this terrible rule because I was a physical, physical education major and teacher. Um, I like to check out the athletic facilities. And if a gate is open or a door is open, that to me is an invitation that it's okay for me to check it out. And there was this gate that was open that led to this very nice little, uh, looked like a, a soccer stadium. And there was this very nice gentleman that drove up in a golf cart. And he said, well, hi, can I help you? And oh, just you know, a couple of physical education teachers here checking out your facilities. And he happened to be one of the women's soccer coaches at Baylor University there in Waco. And then his assistant coach walks up and it turns out that it's also his wife. And that is who my guest is today. And I'm not going to give any more of the story away because I know that that will probably be part of her story. But from that chance meeting of me opening up that gate, I did not know that a couple years later we would still be friends. And it was almost like that first meeting we had known each other forever. So I am happy to introduce Charmaine Hopper here as my guest on my podcast. Charmaine, how are you? Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for having me on this, this show today. Um, and I'm going to have to correct you on, on two things. Yes, please One, do. If I don't correct you, my husband's going to be um, questioning oh, I don't want him later. upset. I don't want him upset. <laughs> he said, actually, you said that I was the assistant coach. I was not the assistant coach. I just critique him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he was just exaggerating that point that, you know, that you, you're like his assistant. Maybe that's what he was doing. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, thank you for that correction. And then what else? And then um, my last name is Hooper. Oh, did I, I said Hopper, huh? Yeah. But Believe you know what? Me. That's not a strange, that's not strange to me because I hear that all the time. I hear Hopper, I hear Cooper, I hear everything else but Hooper. Well, I, I kind of, I can definitely relate to that because I always hear there's no R in my last name, but yet everybody wants to stay, say Strulin <laughs> or Stoylin. So I get it. So I apologize for that. That's and okay. And, and, and something else that I want to add right now is uh, in Charmaine's introduction, because I just got so excited to bring her on and get her started talking here, that she was once a professional soccer player, Hall of Famer, as a matter of fact, and now she's a mother and wife and she 
she enjoys everything having to do with renovating homes. And I love this, that she wrote this, taking them from crappy to happy. (laughs) That is a great tagline, Charmaine. (laughs) I know. I love that. I love that. So, so, uh, I mean, that is quite, quite, uh, quite a life right there just just in that alone just hearing that you were a hot you know a, a professional soccer player and now you're renovating homes I mean that's from one end of the spectrum to another which tells me right off the bat that you are definitely living your best dash your best life and your best dash but why don't you tell all of our audience about your story and and how is it you became a professional soccer player to all the way coming to becoming a renovator well, where do I start? Um, okay, so in about 1975, my dad had gotten a posting from Guyana, where we were born, to Zambia. And he was a diplomat for the Guyana um, High Commission. And while we were there, we attended, my, my brother and I attended an international school, mm-hmm. and their main sport was soccer. And each day my mother would dress me in, in skirts and dresses. And yeah, I couldn't understand why are you dressing me in skirts and dresses? How come he gets to wear pants and shorts? (laughs) Because every day we would go play soccer um, at recess before school. And also after school waiting for our parents to pick us up. And it was only boys that played, but it, it never occurred to me that it was only boys that played because I was right in there with them. I was the, the tomboy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were there for about three years and we got a posting to Canada after that. My, my dad got a posting to Canada. Okay. We moved to Canada um, somewhere around 80, 1980. And um, one day I was walking my bike and way off in the distance, I noticed what I thought were, were girls and a soccer ball being kicked around. And I thought, oh my gosh, are those girls playing? I'd never seen girls play soccer. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. So, and I was very quiet. I was, uh, I had a, an accent mm-hmm. um, that was obviously different to a lot of the Canadian kids. Mm-hmm. And so I never said much, didn't really talk to anybody. And, um, and that day, I've got to say, I didn't care how quiet I was. I walked across that field and went to that coach whom I still keep in touch with today. Oh, wow. Um, And I asked, how can I go about playing? And she said, come tomorrow, uh, bring a pair of cleats. I had no cleats, so I had to go buy some cleats. There were $20 at the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And went and bought my, my pair of cleats. And that next day... Um, I, I showed up with my cleats. She gave me, um, she gave me a, a uniform. Um, I had shin guards and we, we had a game. So we went, to, we went to our first, my first real game and I scored three goals and my team won five to two. And how, how old were you at the time? At the time I was, I was 11. Okay. 11. Whoa. 11. And you won. Sorry. And you won. We won. And really my team was not very good, (laughs) but we won. I scored three goals and we won. And that was the start of it all. Wow. Yeah. And so my parents, when I talked to them about that later on, they thought I was kind of crazy. Um, 
you know, wanting to go play soccer with people I didn't know, mm-hmm. but I didn't care about that. I just wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the start of it all. And I continued playing with, you know, my club team there. I always played older um, on older teams because I think from playing with the boys, I was maybe a, um, a little bit more ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. And let's fast forward. I, I, in the end, I, I received a soccer scholarship at NC State, North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Played there, graduated with a degree in, in food science, bachelor, bachelor's of food science, which today I'm not really using, but- um, What were you planning on using that for? What did you want to use it for? Well, you know what? At the time I thought, well, maybe I can um, work for, I don't know, like a big food company, General Foods, oh, okay. General Mills, actually. Um, but yeah, I think I had I had many options. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, you know, um, I realized that's not what I want to do because. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We moved to Waco, and I had a choice of taking a job at Mars or going to the courthouse steps and going to auctions for homes. And so I was offered this job as a, as a, uh, um, oh my God, it was, it had to do with research, research and development, Mm -hmm. R&D. And I thought, well, gosh, do I want to spend time in a lab or do I want to spend time at the courthouse steps? (laughs) And so I had to make my, my uh, list of pros and cons. And I, in the end, I decided, no, I didn't want to take that job. I want to go to the courthouse steps because I'm not going to have time to do that if I'm working in a, in a lab. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the start of, of me getting homes and, and flipping them or, you know, just fixing them up. My, my husband had said, you know, even when, even before we moved to Waco, I seemed to have an interest in, in fixing up homes. And I thought, really? I did? Because I'd watched, I'd watched those HGTV shows and, and um, you know, I was always, always glued to the TV when those were on, but those shows were on. But I didn't realize that. And I guess after moving to Waco, it kind of brought it out of me. Mm-hmm. So, so, when you, so you went to college and you played college soccer. And, and then, so what, I mean, what happened after college then? Okay, so after college, I, I moved to Chicago and I was actually filling out applications for jobs. And, um, you know, I was in the middle of filling out an application when I got a call from some random person to go play in Norway. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, Norway? Gosh, um, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, why not? It was for a year. And I, I went and did that. It was, it was great. Um, met some really nice people and it was just a great experience overall, but I wanted more. I felt like I was spinning my wheels there mm-hmm. and I wanted more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so I came, so I went to Italy after the season was done in, in Norway and I was there for about two months and I realized hmm, this is not, I, I don't really care for this because um, I wanted something that was serious. I felt like in Italy, things weren't so serious at all. I, I don't think that they took women's soccer very serious, seriously okay. there. So I left after the two, two months and came back home for Christmas in Chicago and um, decided I was going to go back to Norway. 
But then while I was in Chicago, I got a call to go to Japan. And I thought, Japan? Of all places. And, you know, I, I was so in between minds about going that, you know, I, I, um, I made a ridiculous request to be paid because I figured, oh, the most they, they're going to say is, is no, you know, they're just going to say no. And I thought, well, um, I'll just throw that out there. They came back to me with something really close. And I thought, oh my gosh, I got to go. <laughs> they called your bluff. Yeah, they sure did. And, and, um, and I went there for four years and learned the language, had an amazing experience. It was, I'm, I was so happy that I went because while I was there, I learned a lot about myself because mm. um, um, I ended up going to a team that was in a, an area where it was a small town and not many people spoke English. And so it was very, I learned how lonely that could be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was somebody on my team who spoke English. So she's helped out, but it's, it's nothing like, there's nothing like being able to speak for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it became a little bit stressful and, um, and lonely, really. Mm-hmm. So after getting through that, I, you know, I took some, cl- some classes, I had a tutor, I was able to, and I was learning around the girls because that's all I heard. I heard Japanese every day, all day, even when I was sleeping, I was dreaming in Japanese. <laughs> so slowly but surely I, I picked up the language. I could communicate my sense of well-being improved and, and, you know, in the end, it was just such an awesome experience. You know, I, I, I realized that because I was the only um, Canadian or American on my team that was a foreigner. And the other teams had always had two Americans, two Norwegians, two Swedes. It's always some, like a part, uh, a buddy. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like the, the best experience is just being on your own and learning on your own. And, you know, when things got tough, you figured it out for yourself. And that's basically what I had to do. And I always said, if I could get through something like that, um, just the loneliness and, and not being able to speak the language and actually learning the language after a while, I could get through anything. Mm-hmm. Anything is e- everything else is easy. Mm-hmm. So that was just um, an amazing excuse ex- experience. And everywhere I went, it was just all, a different experience everywhere. So. all of those experiences really helped to shape me as a person I feel today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I wouldn't change it for, for anything. So how long then did you, you play in, in Canada? Okay. So, so I played for Canada, the Canadian national team, um, while I was at, at at NC state and, and, um, after I'd left NC state. So I, I got on the team in 1986 mm. and I was there till 2006. Wow. So that was way too long. I wouldn't re- recommend that to anybody. Um, but yeah, it was just, um, you know, I, I. Now, now was it too long just because like your body was letting you know, or mentally you just weren't in it anymore? Or how did you know? It was just like, it's time to go. Well, I was still capable of playing after um, I left, mm-hmm. um, 
But uh, at that point, I was pretty much finished with the, with the national team. Um, and it wasn't that I was, my body was telling me anything. It's just, uh, when I say it was too long, it's just that, you know, especially as, as a female, you want to be able to have kids. And um, I, was, I had a daughter mm-hmm. and um, of course I would have liked to have had more kids, but of course um, at 36, I guess that was not meant to be. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I continue playing. I, I feel, I feel that I was, that I was uh, capable of playing a little bit longer simply because you know, I try to take care of my body and mm-hmm. try to be as healthy as possible in order to to continue playing those years. Mm-hmm. But I was I was happy to take that next step because now I could be a mother and also move on to other new things in life. Mm-hmm. So, how long after you you quit playing did you find out that you were uh, going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Oh my gosh. Um, I can't. Uh, and was that a surprise to you? Um, it was a surprise because I mean, I'm. That's the least. I mean, that is really not something that I'm. I'm aspiring to be in the mm-hmm. in a Hall of Fame. Um, as a matter of fact, this is going to sound really weird, but or it's, it's going to sound like I'm being cocky, but I think I'm in probably about four or five Hall of Fames. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> So I, I don't even know. I, so it's, it's, it's really not, uh, you know, I'm very honored. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very honored, but um, it's, it's. Uh, it's a part of what happened in your life. And then you keep yeah, moving forward. Exactly. So I have North Carolina State um, Sports Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Canada Sports Hall of Fame. There's Canada Soccer Hall of Fame. There is Nepean, which is the city I grew up in, Nepean Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, my goodness. There is USISL Sports Hall of Fame. I think it's, yeah, I think that's, I think wow. that's Well, that's very, that is very cool. I mean, that that's pretty amazing. So, so then, you know, the soccer, you know that that chapter is done, and now you're called to start. Well, maybe watching, not. Oh, well, maybe not done because um, just recently I was invited to Rwanda, of all places, to, to, to captain the North American Legends team. Oh my God. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. So, so are you going to do it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so I went in, in March and um so it was all legends ex players from all over the world so it was myself and another eight men i believe and so each legend is going to be a captain of their team so there's there are team two teams from europe two teams from africa north uh south america north america um i mean there's there are more there i think it's a total of uh, eight teams Wow. Yeah. Eight or eight or 10 teams. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be playing in, in the veterans, veterans club world championships next year, May in Rwanda. 
Oh my God. And I've already, I've already told them that North America is going to win. Yeah, of course. You, you have to put it out in the universe now and keep that going. Exactly. So my job right now is to assemble my team. So, so select players who have retired, but are still capable of running on the field. <laughs> That's important, huh? Yeah. Wow. How cool. What yeah. an honor too. Yeah. So it's awesome. Wow. So you just, so you, that, that soccer door is never going to close for you <laughs> until you leave this earth and who knows, then you'll start one in heaven. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, how absolutely cool. Well, congratulations on that. That is awesome. Well, thank you. Wow. Okay. So it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, I, so, so I would say that that, you know, so flipping houses and turning crappy to happy and doing <laughs> soccer is, I mean, that's the perfect combination for you, isn't it? Exactly. Wow. That's really awesome. So, so through your life, I mean, I'm sure that there have been challenges all along that way. So when you have hit one of those challenges, what, what kept you moving forward? Was it something that your parents had, you know, laid in a foundation for you or it just, I mean, were there other people that influenced that or, or what, what, what's always given you your drive to keep moving forward? Well, I would say as I was, as I was coming along, I'd say one huge drive for me was, was being good, like trying to be better than I was. And you know, when I, when I got to, for example, when I got to NC State, it was a whole new level of play that I was not used to. Um, I realized that people were around me were quicker than me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I need to be quicker. And so from the time I, I got to, well, I would say maybe after the first season at NC State, I worked on being quicker. And so in my mind, I, okay, I can be better. I need to, I need to work on being quicker. And it's not something that happened overnight, but it took years to, to, to develop that. And once I got out of school, I hit another road, not a roadblock, but a challenge, another challenge to take me to the next levels where I started training with professional guys. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really done that before. And these guys were quicker, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, I need to continue trying to be quicker. I need to do everything better than I'd ever done before just to be able to stay up with these guys. And, you know, it, it, it really, it really taught me a lot about discipline, mm -hmm. um, just commitment and just really good life lessons that I was able to learn from that, that uh, moment in time. And I got to tell you, within a very short period of time, I was better simply because I realized doing what I did and having that mindset to be able to, to compete at their level mm -hmm. uh, and, and not be the worst person out there mm -hmm. uh, really helped to give me confidence in myself and what I was <laughs> able to do. And, and that's when I took off in my abilities. And so I saw that difference when I would go train with Play, train and play with Canada mm -hmm. um, because I figured if I could do this and, and compete with these guys, then I can do anything else. Right. Every, anything else will be easy. Right. And, and that's, you know, over, over that time I was in Chicago training with the guys um, year after year, my game just took off. 
And that was, you know, it was just such a great experience for me because you can't learn that by somebody telling you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to think this way, you've got to go through it. And until you get into that uncomfortable situation, and it's the same thing in life, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to learn and in order and also be able to move forward in life. And, and that was huge for me. And I try to, I try to, to, of course, tell my daughter about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I'm talking about. So, (laughs) so she will need to go through situations like that for herself to learn. Because you're a mom. Because I'm a mom. (laughs) And what do moms know? (laughs) Uh, Those are, I mean, those are great, great words of advice. And I would say that also because of that foundation, that's why you're good with finding a house that needs to, that's, that (laughs) needs some tender, loving care, huh? And you're determined to change it completely around. Well, Gosh, I, what I would love to do if, if I had to go back to school and do it all over again, I would have liked to have gone to a school, like a trade school where I could, I could learn about plumbing, learn about carpentry, learn about all that stuff, because that's what interests me today. Uh-huh. Okay. Not uh-huh. being in a lab. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Looking at bacteria. <laughs> that this doesn't seem seem you at all in, in the white coat and then your hair's all in a net and all you know you got those goggles clear goggles on and all that stuff very sterile I, I don't yes. see you in that that role I spent um, many hours in labs yes oh I'm sure I'm sure uh one of the things that I, I want to share with people is that first time that I had met with you um, I had asked you the question about, well, what do you think about, you know, Chip and Joanne and Gaines and what they've done here for the Waco area? And then you had asked, you'd ask, oh, do you watch Fixer Upper? And we said, oh, yeah, we've seen every episode. And you said, oh, well, then you've seen my episode. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? And she goes, oh, yeah, I, I, my episode was the was the first episode. It's like, really? So Charmaine <laughs> says, says, you know, hey, you want to come see my Fixer Upper house? It's like, well, Yeah. And so, so sure enough, the next day we got to go and meet Charmaine at her fixer upper house. And sure enough, here we had seen the episode and here is that house. <laughs> and uh, the thing that was that I, I mean, the house was incredible. But the thing I thought was hilarious is when you we were coming down from you showing us the apartment over the garage and we're coming down the steps and here drives up a, a, a van, a tourist van with yeah. all these people. And you and you happen to say you said, Oh yeah, I hate this part, but I just wave and make them happy. And sure enough, all of us were waving, <laughs> waving back, and you could tell they were totally thrilled by the whole thing. But but going along with with all of this, you were so gracious to invite uh, myself and my my women's group Rad to come and stay at the Fixer Upper House. And one of the most surreal moments for all of us while we were there is we're sitting in the fixer upper house and we're watching your episode in the house and it was just like oh my gosh look there used to be a wall right here oh yeah look at how they did this so so you want to share just briefly how that whole thing came about and, and was that did that happen before you got the renovating bug or did that happen after that happened after 
-hmm. So that, um, that happened in 2000. Okay. So I met Joanna and the, and the way I met Joanna was, um, I learned that I learned that HGTV was coming to Waco and I was excited because I, I love HGTV and, and, and I would love to be on the show to mm -hmm. fix up a house or something. So, and at the time I was looking at two houses, the Gorman house, which is the house we ended up fixing up and another house, not too far away. And I filled out something online, just answered a couple questions, uploaded a couple photos and sent it off forgot about it, didn't even think anything of it. And then two days later, I got a phone call and I thought, oh, this is really for real. Because, you know, sometimes you, you, you fill out these things online and nothing really happens with it. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so they called, they, they did an interview online, did a Zoom, did, you know, met, wanted to meet my husband and, and daughter. And, and I mean, it was back and forth. So I figured, okay, this really is serious. So they asked me to come meet with Joanna at the house. And at the, at the time, um, we didn't own the house um, because we were waiting to, to finally get it from the city. And so I met with her at the house and there was so much stuff in the house. There were rats, big rats moving around. Um, and I was kind of embarrassed because I thought, oh, what is she thinking? Not realizing that that's what she wanted. Right, right. And, and um, anyways, long story short, she uh, told me probably six months later after that meeting that they were actually going to get the show because they were waiting to see if HGTV would pick up her show. Mm -hmm. and, and I finally came to her one day. I said, look, Joanna, I need to fix up this house with or without the show. Mm -hmm. because it had been so long it had been so long that we said look let's just let's just get it done mm -hmm. and she says guess what we got the show and so she says you got to get all that stuff back in the house because <laughs> because we had cleared the house out of all this stuff and I said well I've already thrown all that stuff away I mean it would have been it would have been much better for tv had the house had all have all the stuff in there mm -hmm. um but you know we had to we had to take it out because i was kind of i, I was kind of embarrassed with all the stuff and i wanted to see all i wanted to see the house on its own right right um so anyway that's that was it we we got the show so you're technically i think i think you had said like you were the the test well, no, you you're not like officially number one. You were considered what what your episode is considered what which number? So it, became, it became episode two, season one because they used the, they made the pilot episode one. Right, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So those of you that are listening or watching, if you want to see Charmaine's house, then look for the season one fixer upper, and you'll actually be looking at looking for. Uh, episode number two and it's a remarkable place it's an absolutely correct i mean it is amazing what it looked like and what it finished up as i mean it, yeah. it, it, and now it's an airbnb and, and people listening and watching right now they can they can uh, stay there can't they yes exactly it it's now, busy now now did your bungalows down by the 
down by the the Magnolia area. Did you did you get a hold of those then after the first place got done, and then that's when you decided you wanted to start doing anything? Were those the first areas that you started doing, or was was there other before that? Um. No, what had happened was we were, you know, we were working with the, um, with the Gorman house mm-hmm. and then we thought, you know what, why don't we look at something closer to the silos? Mm-hmm. And that's when we, this, I decided to go, go around and knock on doors and ask people if they were interested in selling their homes and because you just never know. Maybe somebody wants to sell their house. That's right. And I got lucky and, and was able to get three that sat side by side and um, fixed those up. I mean, those were probably the worst homes I have ever fixed up. Really? And they're actually the best looking homes that I've ever fixed up. Well, and, and I can say I have, I have seen all of them and they are incredible they're remarkable and once again people can rent those to stay there right that's correct i mean they're that's correct they they're beautiful and i mean they're within what a block of the silos if that's yes, they're very close yeah so if you're wanting to go to waco texas and you want to go to see magnolia i highly recommend that you know by the end here you'll know how to get a hold of charmaine <laughs> but but i mean they're really remarkable places so how many places would you say that you have you have uh flipped so far wow i would say probably 20 places really not that many to be honest but um but for somebody that that this i mean it's just i mean I, I'm just obviously not a hobby, but I mean, it's not like you were technically trained in this stuff. You just have a talent for it. 20 houses. That's pretty darn good. I think. <laughs> I don't know about the talent, but. Yeah. Um, Except the compliment. Except. Yeah. So, so, so funny because, um, you know, we're, we're thinking about um, going to watch some of our daughter's games, Charlie's games she's playing soccer at Notre Dame this fall. And we thought, well, we want to go see the games, but we, maybe it's best to, to, uh, we thought like, we thought about buying. I thought, nah, I just don't want to have another, another mortgage. Maybe we can go rent something. And, and so I said, well, maybe we can just buy something and fix it up. And so of course my husband doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> right. now he gets, he gets roped into doing all that. Right. So yeah, that's, that's the, the latest thing that, uh, cause I, I just, I am getting that itch to do something else. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a good thing. Well, it, it could end up being a very good thing. So what would you say right now at this point in time in your life is your current passion, um, personally and professionally? My current passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to uh, just be a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a good person, helping, being good to people, helping people out when needed. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, you know. I think a lot of times people think, "Well, wow, you're you're Charmaine Hooper, and and you know, you're like, I'm too good for." them in other words like I, oh you know there's there's no reason why 
I would want to be friends with them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think as long as you're a good person, mm-hmm. um, then everything else falls in place. Mm-hmm. And at this stage in your life, what would you say is your, your main purpose? My main purpose is to keep my health. The most, one of the most important things, um, aside from my family, but, um, just health is, should always be important. Mm -hmm. And whether that's eating well or, or exercising and also being, having a healthy mind as well, um, do all the things I can to promote good health, whether it's sleeping well, exercising well, eating well, et cetera, mm-hmm. thinking correctly too, mm-hmm. however, whatever that may be. So, so mentally, spiritually, emotionally, the whole thing, when it's all working well together, I mean, it makes you a better person, right? Absolutely. Excellent. So um, what would you say is your superpower? My superpower, I think is, is uh, my competitiveness. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So always just trying to be better than what I have done. You know, I was just speaking about this this morning to my husband and just saying how, um, I, you know, I was talking, we were talking about her daughter, hoping that she has a good fall season. And I always said, you know, whenever, when I was at school, I was always trying to be better the next, better than the previous year, always better than, and, and it's kind of the same thing today, you know, and it's usually one day at a time or one week at a time, you know, I'd like to do this better than the last one. If I fix up a place, I want it to, the next one to be better than Mm -hmm. the last one. Mm -hmm. So just always trying to improve myself. Yes. And I would say that definitely with all of these things you're doing and with that kind of uh, mindset that you are definitely what I call living your best dash, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like like I I can just imagine that every morning you wake up, you are ready to start your day. and, (laughs) and, And what is it that you can accomplish and do that day? Right. Exactly. Perfect. Try to get in shape for that, uh, tournament next year. That's right. Because, <laughs> because your team's going to win. Because my team is going to win. <laughs> your team, we're, we've put it out there in the universe. It's going to happen. It is absolutely going to happen. Do yeah. you have any words of wisdom or any uh, thoughts you would like to uh, share with our audience? Um, I try to, you know, I think as, as we get older, um, I would like to think that we don't really worry about what others say too much what or what others are going to say. You know, I, we live in a time of social media and I think that that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. It can be a big problem. So I always just say, you know, do whatever you feel makes you happy mm-hmm. and don't worry about the other stuff. As long as you're happy with what you're doing and if you feel good about what you're doing and what you're, you're, you're believing in, then that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Other people's comments or thoughts may not matter as much. Mm-hmm. Don't give so, them so much power, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, there you heard it right there. She, her life, you know, she, she just, she preaches what she, she, she walks the talk, talks the walk, all of it. 
And uh, Charmaine, I am just so excited that you have been able to do our 16th episode of uh, Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Now, if people want to reach out and whether they want to book one of your places or they would just like to get in touch with you, General, do you have a a website or a, a recommendation of where they could go to get in touch with you? Well, I'm in the process of setting up uh, websites for each house, and I'm so not um, technology mm-hmm. tech savvy um, savvy at all. Yes, and so I'm trying to set up something on Facebook, and I'm nice. so terrible. But it's you know it's, it's Art House. You can also go go to Google and put in Art House Waco. Um, you can also put in Simplicity House Waco and also Serenity House Waco. And then uh, let's not forget Gorman, Gorman House Waco. Okay. And uh, you'll, the, those should pop up. I'll tell you, you will not be disappointed. These places are beautiful. They are wonderful. And, but more than anything, they are comfortable. And uh, because of them being so comfortable, it makes the whole experience of going to Waco even better because of that, because you feel like you are at home. Exactly. And, and Charmaine and her husband, they are the perfect host. They are absolutely wonderful. And I know that they, for me, you guys are lifetime friends because you're just, you're just genuine, wonderful people. And you know, well, thank you so much. And one thing I have to say is that I am the biggest snob when I go to stay anywhere. Um, I can't walk around barefooted. I can't uh, like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel so comfortable unless it's, it's, it's clean and so on. So when people come to our houses, I want them to feel comfortable. And I mean, I go out of the way to make sure that it smells good. It, mm-hmm. it looks good. It's, you know, it's not dirty. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you can't, you can't catch everything, I guess, but, but our goal is to make everybody stay so, so comfortable. And it, and it is, I mean, I know I've done it and there's about 11 of us that came from California that will testify to that as well. It was absolutely the best part of, of our trip to, to Waco. And I'm so grateful for, for that experience. So for those of you listening, you now know how you can get a hold of Charmaine and uh, make a a Waco connection. You'll be happy that you did. And uh, also those of you that are listening, remember to hit that subscribe and follow button. So that way, when all of the new episodes come out, you will get notified of that and you will know exactly what the next episode is going to be. So uh, hit that five-star rating while you're at it and invite your family and friends to also listen and to enjoy either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean. And don't forget, if you want to see the podcast, you can also go to my YouTube channel. And remember, if you want to connect with me, go to www.com pathwayswithpatty.org and you can connect with me. And if for some reason you didn't catch where you can connect with Charmaine, get a hold of me. I'll get you in touch with her and we can go from there. So with that said, once again, thank you so much, Charmaine. I really enjoyed this time together. And uh, for those of you listening, remember to go out there, make it a great day or not, because the choice is yours. Life's an adventure. I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you so much and God bless you all.